Welcome to another Take Note podcast, episode 98. My name is Chris Harper. This podcast is based on the Take Note radio program, which is heard weekdays on Harvest Family Radio Guam. On that program, we discuss a theme or topic from the Word of God between songs. In this podcast version, we provide you about a 10-minute recap of one of our favorite recent programs, minus the music. Today, we want to ask you to take note of 1 Peter 4, 12-16. We'll be talking about Christian persecution. In the verses just preceding our passage of the day, it talks about the manner of life Christians should lead in the midst of persecution. In today's passage, we learn about how we should think about persecution. What should our disposition be when persecution happens? And what can be accomplished when we respond correctly in persecution? How do we respond in a fiery trial? That's our theme today as we approach 1 Peter 4, 12 through 16. A chapter earlier, Peter describes the kind of persecution we'll talk about today as suffering for righteousness' sake. This is oppression of Christians, specifically because we are Christians. It's people who believe in Christ being singled out, being targeted by national or regional or local authorities, or even by individual citizens. It could mean committing violence against Christians, or passing laws to punish and incarcerate Christians, or just marginalizing Christians to the point of scorn and ridicule and mockery. Whatever the case, this is not unusual in world history. It's not unusual in modern history. It happens in more and less civilized nations, more and less educated nations, more and less religious nations, and more and less wealthy nations. And Jesus said it would happen. In fact, he was very clear about it. He said, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you in John 15. And we're reminded about it throughout the New Testament in passages like 2 Timothy 3.12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Therefore, anyone familiar with the Bible and Jesus' own words is unsurprised when Peter talks about it. You'll note that it's a frequent topic of conversation throughout many New Testament books. Here's how Peter speaks of persecution at the beginning of our passage of the day, 1 Peter 4.12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. These believers... All believers should live with an understanding of potential oppression for their faith in Christ. And that oppression could be quite serious. It could be fiery, as this passage proclaims. That word means a calamity or trial that will test the character. It's a burning by which metals are roasted and reduced. Facing this kind of calamity specifically because we believe in Jesus, should not seem strange to a believer in any era or in any location. 
This is partially because we know the world hated Jesus, and partially because we're told, in no uncertain terms, that this is likely. The severity and the suddenness of it could shock us. The people carrying it out may be a surprise. The pain of it might be alarming. But the fact that it has reached us should not seem strange. Here's how we should react. 1 Peter 4.13 But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. This is not too unlike a verse in the previous chapter, which says, But and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. That's 1 Peter 3.14. You're hearing this correctly. There is happiness, joy, and rejoicing in the midst of suffering, providing we're suffering for Christ's sake. Let's remember a few things before we go on. First, believers have a certain and permanent home in heaven with Christ. This is something which no persecution can threaten. Second, they, that is our persecutors, hate us because they hate him. We're not of this world, just as Jesus was not of this world. He brings light into the world, and that light exposes sin. And men love darkness rather than light. Third, he provides power and strength and grace in every trial. Jesus stands with his people in the midst of these persecutions. We never approach anything, good or ill, without him. It's an honor, a joy, and a cause for rejoicing to be partakers of Christ's sufferings. Remember who he is. He's the one who removed our sins, who cast them as far away from us as the East is from the West. He entered into this world a king over all, and he took upon him the form of human flesh. And what's more, he took on the form of a servant and became obedient unto death, the death of the cross. And he did that for us, for sinners. Well, there are some more details in the next verse, 1 Peter 4.14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. God is glorified in our suffering for him. The Spirit of God lives in us, and it's possible to endure with happiness because he provides the power to make this possible. These trials come upon all believers dishonestly. I mean, the charges are always trumped up. Lies are always told about us. Evidence is falsified. Witnesses are lying. Believers are made to be villains, even when there is no villainy. But God sees everything with perfect clarity. He knows every truth and every lie. Evil is seen for what it is, and obedience is seen for what it is. And so often in circumstances of fiery trials for believers, his name is proclaimed 
to an even greater degree. His story is told. His gospel is believed. This could be because of how believers react in the midst of all this. It's certainly because his attributes are seen clearly in our joy in these fiery trials. These are things the world cannot comprehend. But there is a way in which suffering definitely doesn't glorify God. 1 Peter 4.15 tells us about that. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Persecution should come as a result of genuine Christianity. He's not talking about suffering because we've done some wrong, or committed some crime, or committed a trespass against our community or our fellow citizens. This brings reproach to his name rather than glory. There's one last verse, 1 Peter 4.16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Suffering for Jesus is nothing to be ashamed of. It's an opportunity to glorify God, to show forth his communicable attributes in our world whether it be in our life or in our death, for him. Well, you've been listening to the Take Note podcast. These few minutes together are brought to you by Harvest Ministries and KHMG on Guam. Our website is khmg.org, khmg.org. In every episode, we ask you to take note of a theme or topic from the Word of God. My name is Chris Harper. Thanks for listening.